Sawabona, my friend. You may be wondering what in the universe does Sawabona mean and what is its significance to this podcast? Well, for starters, Sawabona is a South African greeting that translates to we see you, we meaning us and our ancestors. We felt the vibration of this beautiful word and greeting so strongly, and we hope you do too. We're Kelly and Nadine. As recovering perfectionists and people pleasers, facing our shadows and healing our trauma has been the single most liberating and loneliest quest we have ever encountered. Until that is, we met each other. That's when we discovered we were two sides of the same coin. Kelly's purpose is to awaken herself and others through her gift of experimenting with life and making leaps into the unknown. Nadine encourages us to indulge our senses in the delights of the material and spiritual realms. In this podcast, we will explore personal growth, parenthood, relationships, human design, midlife transitions, all things woo, and anything else you talk to your soul tribe about. Together, we're excited to share and embrace our own stories of awakening as we invite you, dear listener, to share yours. Our goal is for you to feel seen, heard, and embraced on this magical and sometimes messy ride of life. Our intention is to create a nourishing and inspiring community for those daring enough to awaken to your true, authentic self and have fun doing it together. Sawabona friends, Kelly here, coming to you solo today. I know that's a new one. Usually it's my friend and co-host Nadine, and sometimes we have a guest on our show, but today it's just me. If you've been listening to our show the last couple of weeks, Nadine has been in a huge transition in her life, moving out of her home and into a new one. And today is her closing day. So it's a big one. Join me in celebrating Nadine for her closing day and for making this huge decision and huge transition in her life as she starts another chapter for her. Today, you get me, and we are going to have a great episode. So this one is going to be a juicy one. We're going to be talking all about the power of vulnerability. But before we get to that, I just want to remind everybody that Saturday, the 23rd of September, if you're listening to this in real time, is the fall equinox. I had to look up actually what it means to be the fall equinox as far as just scientifically speaking. Essentially, what it means is that there are equal hours of daylight and darkness in the northern hemisphere and in the southern hemisphere. So typically 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of darkness at the fall equinox. I live in Montana, and so the temperatures here are getting cooler. I'm definitely noticing cooler walks in the morning. Definitely the leaves are turning, and it is starting to feel like fall. This is my favorite season. This is my favorite time of the year. It's a time where we get to go more inside. It's a more internal, cozy, warm, and just a, a time to reflect on ourselves as humans and where we're headed. And for farmers, it's a time for reaping the harvest. And so we have delicious food this time of year. I love all of the squash and the pumpkins and just all the fresh veggies that we get this time of year. Tomatoes are ripening. 
if you have farmer's markets in your town where you live, you know, enjoy those fresh vegetables. We have a lot of sweet corn here, so that's always really yummy as well. And we get to slow down. We get to slow down in the fall. Summer is always crazy with vacations and summer camps and all kinds of outings and you have longer days. So there's plenty of time to get outside and do things, which is great. And the fall just is a reminder that as the days get shorter to go inside, to spend more time with loved ones and friends and to nurture ourselves, to even spend more time resting. Our bodies are responsive to the light cycles of the seasons. And so can we honor those instead of just go, go, going all the time? Can we honor the fact that it does get darker early? Can we go to bed earlier? Can we sleep in a little bit later? Sometimes that's difficult when we have uh, regular jobs and routines and getting kids off to school. But can we start to honor our body's needs as the seasons change? Just a reminder of the fall equinox and how you could celebrate with your friends or family in participating in some sort of fall festival or yard sale or getting together with friends. Maybe it's having people over to your home for a meal. Potentially just having someone over to your home for a meal could be really, really nice. I personally am making some homemade chicken tortilla soup tonight. And soup is a sign of fall and winter coming. So I'm just going to honor it. So diving in to today's episode, all about the power of vulnerability, I have really struggled a lot in the last few years with what vulnerability actually means. And the first time I'd ever heard of vulnerability was reading Brene Brown's books. And she talks a lot about the power of vulnerability and really breaking the myths of what we tend to think of as vulnerability. And, and personally, I thought vulnerability was weakness. As a kid growing up and as a young adult, I definitely did not recognize the power in vulnerability nearly as much as I do now. I recognize it as a strength. But previously, before really diving into it, I thought to be vulnerable meant to be exposed. It meant to be powerless and meant to be weak. And that is not the case at all. You know, in fact, Renee Brown says you can't get to courage without walking through vulnerability. So vulnerability is a prerequisite for having courage. And I absolutely love that idea because to be vulnerable is essentially it does mean to be exposed. And how brave is it for someone to actually expose themselves to another person? It's really difficult for us to do as humans to show our flaws, to show the sides of ourselves that we don't want people to see, especially in this world of social media where it's really common for people to put their best face forward and only the good stuff out on social media and really to not expose those sides of ourselves that are struggling, those sides of ourselves that are feeling insecure. So we get this false sense that everybody is doing things better than we are. And it just perpetuates the cycle of people putting things on social media that are only showing the the light side of the coin. And we all have two sides of our coin. We all have a light side and a dark side, if you want to call it that, or a, a shadow side that we really don't want exposed to the world. And the problem with that is that we 
we miss out on connection. And so what I want to talk about today is there are really eight ways that vulnerability actually makes us stronger. It actually makes us more connected to not only ourselves, but to others in relationship as well. And there's just so many benefits to being vulnerable because this has been such a journey for me and because this word vulnerability has been something that I've misunderstood for so long. I wanted to share what I've learned and also how it's shown up in my life and challenge you to take some steps in your own life to ask if you're being vulnerable or are you being protective of those perfection masks that we all put out. So the first way that vulnerability can really support you in relating with others, especially when you're meeting somebody new, is building trust. What that means is that it's really, really fascinating, almost counterintuitive to recognize that when you are vulnerable with someone, it often encourages them to reciprocate. This leads to deeper and more trusting relationships. When you share your fears, your doubts, your insecurities, and your true emotions, you actually build a stronger bond with people and they start to trust you because they can sense your authenticity. They can sense that you're being real with them. And oftentimes they will connect with that experience or that fear or that doubt, that self-doubt, because we're all human and we all have that. And so that's how we build trust. It's counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true. And maybe you can think of some times when in your life, this has been the case. In reflecting on this one, I remember how I had the opportunity to meet a new neighbor of mine after I moved into my current home. She uh, reached out to me on Facebook and said she wanted to get together. So I invited her over for dinner. At the time, I was exploring non-monogamy or polyamorous relationships. It was very new to me. It was something that was kind of all-consuming because it was so interesting and fascinating. And I was just playing with something new. And I really questioned myself before she came over if I would feel brave enough to share this aspect of my life with her that was really a part of my life at the time. When she came over, we started talking and inevitably she's a single woman, I'm a single woman, and we started talking about relationships. Ultimately, I decided to share with her what I was experiencing, what I was going through, the fact I was seeing a couple of different men at the same time, not knowing what her reaction was going to be, not knowing if she was going to look at me sideways like I was crazy and why would she want to be friends with me? That was my fear. My fear was that she wouldn't want to be friends with me. But I took the risk in telling her what I was going through and what my experience was and that it was scary and all of those things. And ultimately, she and I ended up becoming dear, dear friends. She was my neighbor. She came over all the time and we just had a blast. Because of this vulnerability, because of me sharing myself with her when I was uncertain about our relationship, we actually developed a stronger bond. That is one example of a way that you can build trust using vulnerability, oftentimes in a really quick way. It doesn't have to take a long time to build trust. It just needs to take some courage and vulnerability. The second aspect of vulnerability that can be a real benefit is authentic leadership. And how does that show up? Well, oftentimes we experience leaders in our life who we put on a pedestal. 
we see them as larger than life or as untouchable and we don't see we don't see the full side of them again we only see the light side of them we only see the side of them that they want us to see but authentic leadership comes from leaders who are willing to admit mistakes that they've made who are really curious for your input as a team member or as a family member as well as parents asking for input from kids on potentially the next vacation or their experience of a certain situation that maybe wasn't ideal. Showing empathy as well can make a leader extremely authentic and allows them to connect on a human-to-human level as opposed to a hierarchical level. Gone are the days when they're not necessarily gone, but they are going away. The days where leaders are on top or higher than or more than or better than employees, this hierarchical structure is dissolving and it's not sustainable. So the leaders of the future are going to lead from a place of authenticity, of humanness, and are going to be more collaborative. They're going to be less top down than what we see now. This is an area, if you are in a leadership role, that you could actually stretch yourself to become more vulnerable so that you can connect better with your teams. And if you're not in charge of anyone, if you're not a manager or the owner of a company, if you are a mom or a dad, you are a leader in your family. This can be applied in the same exact way, you know, being willing to admit when you've made a mistake, being willing to ask the kids for their input on a rule in the household being willing to show your emotions in front of your kids. Let them know that you're human. This is going to make for much deeper connections in your families and also in your teams. Okay, so number three is overcoming challenges. Now, this is super important because the only way that we can overcome a challenge is to actually admit where our flaws exist where we have fault, where we have responsibility and something not working out for us. So we must first acknowledge that we have an issue, (laughs) something like anything like addiction or mental health struggles or past traumas. We've got to admit that those are there before we can actually address them and then finally overcome them. So we've got to acknowledge our issues in doing so. This makes us vulnerable. This exposes our shadow sides to our, even if it's only to ourselves, we must first admit our shadow sides and our vulnerabilities to ourselves in order to overcome them. So it's just like a first step to overcoming our our challenges. So to overcome these challenges, it really takes a lot of strength. And that strength comes in being vulnerable and being open and willing to see those challenges in the first place. The fourth power of vulnerability is the ability to grow. Being open to vulnerability can be a catalyst for personal growth. It allows you to to confront those limitations that we just talked about, learn from your experiences, and be emotionally resilient. Without vulnerability, there is no truly seeing yourself. There is no truly being able to walk through that vulnerability to the other side of courage, as Brene Brown said. And I can tell you from my own experience that 
this is a, a never ending journey. You're never there. There's no destination. There's no finish line. And that can be really hard and really scary. And it certainly has been for me as somebody who's a high achiever and loves to reach goals. Vulnerability literally just, it opens up your courage and your confidence. And so the more you practice it, the more you realize that light on the other side, the more vulnerable you are, the more you're willing to go into those dark spaces and see yourself and your shadows and your ego masks, whatever you want to call those things, even our inner child work, all of this comes from being vulnerable and exposing ourselves to those things. And they serve as a catalyst for our personal growth. Without confronting those limitations, we continue to stay stuck in our same patterns and we continue to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. It's when we admit that we are part of the reality that we've created, that's when we become vulnerable. That's when our vulnerability becomes strength. A fifth benefit of practicing vulnerability and using it as a strength is creativity and innovation. Now, this one you may not have thought of, but think about it. If you're in a team of people and you have a problem to solve, say there's six of you and five people are all saying the same thing and they all have the same answer to the solution and you're sitting at the table and you're feeling something bubble up in your intuition or something in your gut is saying something completely different and maybe off the wall or maybe counter even to what the rest of the group is saying, it takes vulnerability to speak up. It takes you really trusting yourself and that courage to speak up and share from your own perspective, even if it's unconventional. And oftentimes it's the person who is willing to do that, who is willing to expose their viewpoint at the risk of standing alone and standing on their own, who actually creates the, the best next method, the best solution, because they were willing to think outside the box. They were willing to go against the norm. They were willing to not follow the crowd, but actually be a leader and stand alone. If you can practice vulnerability and start to speak up more, I was actually talking with an old coworker, a friend of mine yesterday about this, and he was saying how through his work with leadership and coaching, he has developed a capacity to speak up way more than he ever had. Here's a man who has lots to say and lots to contribute and and as an asset to any team. When he was not speaking up before, he was not contributing in a way that could move the groups forward that he was in. And so I love that he's got this strength and courage and confidence now to speak up and contribute to the conversations because when everybody can do that, that's when we really find new innovations. So I love that one. All right, the sixth one is supporting others. And this one is, you know, maybe a little bit obvious, but I think it's really important to say that by sharing your own vulnerabilities and experiences in life, your humanness comes out, your humanness shines. And that's what really engages and connects and inspires other people to go through similar challenges. It really does support others to 
say to someone, you know, I've, I've been through something similar to what you're going through. I get it. It's, it's hard. And that really helps you develop those empathy skills that is so critical when we're developing relationships, when we're wanting to connect with others. Vulnerability really has the power to connect us and to support others. As long as we're not replacing their experience with our own, we all have <laughs> had those experiences or those conversations where you're sharing something with someone and then they kind of take over the conversation and all of a sudden it's about them and then you find yourself supporting them. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about connecting from an emotional level and just saying, I've been there too and I get it. I totally get it. Thank you for sharing with me. And then you have something that's human that you can relate to with each other. And it just really develops stronger bonds for sure. So it can really be a strength. Being vulnerable and expressing your understanding can really be a source of encouragement for someone else. Okay, the seventh one. This one is powerful too and maybe a little bit unexpected. Being vulnerable really helps in conflict resolution. What do I mean by that? Well, in conflicts, admitting your own vulnerabilities and being open to compromise can really lead to more peaceful resolutions. It shows that you're willing to find common ground with other people. That's not always easy, right? It's definitely not always easy. But it's also like part of conflict resolution is, is again, having those really great listening skills, having the ability to be empathetic and sympathetic to put yourself in someone else's shoes. This really does put you on the same team with someone as opposed to on the opposing side. And there's a quote that I wanted to share with you that helps with this. It's by somebody who we don't know. So it's an anonymous quote, but it says, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness, but rather a sign of strength and courage. It's the willingness to face uncertainty, to take risks, and to be open to the possibility of hurt or disappointment. So rather than avoiding, which I can say for, for me, <laughs> that I have in the past been avoidant of conflict, that instead of avoiding conflict, you actually can face it. You can actually go into a situation that is tough or a conversation that is tough, and you can take that strength and courage and face it, being open to the possibility that you don't know what's going to happen on the other side. It could be that it strengthens your connection, or it could mean that it shines light on that connection in a new way that tells you it's time to go or that that connection is no longer serving you. Vulnerability really gives you some discernment in your relationships as well. And it really shows who is going to be willing to walk down the path of vulnerability with you and who's not willing to do that. And then you can determine whether those relationships are healthy for you, which leads us to number eight. Vulnerability helps us to establish healthy relationships. It allows us to set boundaries and to communicate our needs within relationships, within healthy relationships, which allows us to have more open communication and a dynamic that is authentic versus walking on eggshells or people pleasing or doing all these things that we do in an effort to maintain relationships when in fact, when we're vulnerable, when we're real, when we're authentic, when we have boundaries and communicate those needs, the people in our lives that are able to receive those are the ones that are healthy for us. Those are the ones that are meant to be in our world. 
And here's a quote from Ashton Kutcher. I thought this was cute in terms of healthy relationships and vulnerability. Vulnerability is the essence of romance. It's the art of being uncalculated, the willingness to look foolish, the courage to say, this is me and I'm interested in you enough to show you my flaws with the hope that you may embrace me for all that I am, but more important, all that I am not. And I love that because we're all flawed. We are all human. We all make mistakes. And yes, we all want to be accepted for who we are and the gifts that we have, but we also want to be accepted for all the things that we don't have within us. You know, we want to be accepted despite our flaws, despite our shadows, despite our traumas, despite our our issues. And when we can be all that we are and all that we are not with someone else and they accept us as we are, that's unconditional love. That is true, healthy love. Whether you're talking about an intimate relationship or a friendship or a family member or whatever, that's what a healthy relationship looks like. And I know for me, for my own journey, it's been a long road to learning what a healthy relationship actually is. And I think the way that he put that is so beautiful. I'm interested enough in you to show you my flaws with the hope that you may embrace me for all that I am and all that I am not. And the last one is self-acceptance. I think this one is the most important one, and that's why I saved it for last. Accepting your own vulnerabilities and imperfections is a profound form of strength. It really helps us have greater compassion for ourselves and a more positive self-image. When we first start to acknowledge our flaws, our fears, our insecurities from the inside out and the outside in, when we can see ourselves clearly in the mirror with all that we are, everything that we love and everything that we feel ashamed about, and we can start to accept all of those things, we can accept our wholeness, that is when we truly transform. That is when we truly come into our deep, authentic self. There is probably no harder journey and no greater reward than self-acceptance. And it absolutely takes vulnerability to do that. It takes support too. And that's why we have this podcast is because we recognize each of us as human and flawed and imperfect and insecure and full of fear and self-doubt and all of those things. And it's okay. And we can go on this journey together. We can witness each other in our growth. We can celebrate each other as we're on this journey of being vulnerable, being real, of being authentic, and then really blooming into our gifts, our strengths. And those are developed so much more when we embrace everything about us. That is what I want to leave you with today is if nothing else, remember that vulnerability and your willingness to look within, to look within yourself and to be truly and radically honest with who you are, with all of your strengths and all of your flaws. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, I love all of you, then guess what? So many other people will be able to do that as well. We can't expect others to love us any more than we love ourselves. So self-acceptance is, I think, the keystone and also the biggest benefit of 
being vulnerable with yourself and with others. That's absolutely the key ingredient. And it takes so much courage to do this work. It takes so much courage to open yourself up, to expose yourself to yourself and to others, because we lie to ourselves just as much as we lie to others. It just leads to a more fulfilling and meaningful life when we do this. So thank you. I hope this was helpful in explaining what is vulnerability. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot. And I really wanted to shed some light on what does it actually mean and what is the power behind it and hopefully shift any misconceptions that you've had about vulnerability being weak or for people who have big issues like addictions and things like that. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to admit that you have an addiction and to show up at an AA meeting or an NA meeting or to show up to a support group. That is absolute vulnerability. So if that is something that you've done in your life or you are doing in your life, if you are sharing aspects of yourself that you are ashamed of with anyone else, you are being vulnerable and you are being extremely brave and courageous. You have a huge power within you. There are many, many people out there as well who might hear this and think they have something that they want to admit to themselves, but they're too scared to. So use this strength and courage and my encouragement to be radically honest with yourself, be vulnerable and accepting that that is part of you and that you absolutely have the power to change it. Because without that acknowledgement and that acceptance, you can't change anything. You have to go through vulnerability to get to courage, as Brene Brown said. I hope that was helpful. And as per usual, I have an Oracle card that I've drawn for you today. I actually just, I just got this in the mail, so I wanted to use it. I'm so excited. It is the Wisdom Keepers Oracle Deck by Rosie Aronson. And it's essentially the 64 keys from the Gene Keys. So there's 64 cards. They each represent a Gene Key or in human design, what they call gifts. And I drew today, I drew number 12, which is the gift of discrimination. In this instance, discrimination means being able to discern. It's, it's like a discernment, being able to determine what is healthy for you and what is not healthy for you. And that's exactly what we're talking about with vulnerability. When you are vulnerable with others, they show you if you can trust to be more vulnerable with them. Vulnerability breeds trust and trust breeds vulnerability. So some of the questions from the guidebook for contemplation from this card, I think are really important to share. What masks do you wear in your everyday life? What do you fear or hope might happen if you took off the mask? And then do you have a good sense of discrimination? Do you know who or what is healthy for you? And how do you know this? Start listening to your voice when you speak. Notice how much of your pure heart is in what you say. If there's a lack of heart, there may be a form of vanity present that isn't serving you. Basically, what that's saying is that if you're not speaking from your heart, you're not being vulnerable. If you're speaking from a place of ego or even potentially just logic, you're not really being as vulnerable as you think you are. Speaking from your heart is always vulnerable. It's always exposing that part of yourself that cares to connect with others and that has the potential to be rejected. When there's fear behind something you want to share, that's the place 
where we need to share the most. That's the place where our vulnerability is calling us forward. So with that being said, we look forward to seeing you next week. And I speak for myself and Nadine, Sal Bona. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To join our conversation, share your journey, or ask a question for future episodes, please send us a voice message by clicking the button in the show notes or send an email to hello at weseeyoupodcast.com. And remember to follow us to get notifications of our newest episodes when they release. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend and leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you're listening from. Until next week, sawabona. So